How's everyone doing? This is the last slog. Are you ready to put in another 25 minutes? Maybe. Maybe 20. If you, if you listen and pay attention, uh, I'm going to go real quick and do that. Yeah, yeah, preach it. Hey, I'm, I'm half Filipino. Thank you. There's one Filipino lover out there. My wife didn't make any noise, though. Just saying. You're taking a photo. Oh, okay. I'm half Filipino. My, uh, my dad was really old. And he married, my mom was like a mail-order bride. It's funny, but it's true. That's why it's funny. He was born in 1912, and she was born in 1949. Hey. Yeah. Anyway, uh, when you go to the Philippines, right, and, you, and you, in, you encounter Filipinos, this is how they say hello. Like in Australia, we do like this. Here you go, mate. Come on, give me one. How's it going? Come on, half the room did it. Where's the rest of you? Come on, give me some head here. Ready? There we go. All right. That's what, that's what goes on here. There you go. And in the Philippines, this is how we sort of, we do it, right? First of all, we're probably squatting <laughs> like this. And when you say hello to someone, you do it like this. So when you walk down the street, you just go, hey, John, Billy, Mum, Dad. So when I preach, I love people to make sure that they're listening, and you are, which is good. I always ask them, are you with me? And then I want you to go Filipino style. Uh-huh. You ready? Over here? It's a bit dark. Yeah, some people are really struggling. <sighs> Jesus. Jesus. What about over here? Some eyebrow? Oh, man. There's a few. What about over here? Come on, give me some. I, you're doing it. I just can't see them. Manicured eyebrows, very nice. Now, my name's Will, uh, and it's, it's an absolute privilege to, to share tonight. I'm, I'm literally excited. This is going to be like an evangelist, you with me? This is going to be like an evangelist big brother chat, right? Like the end of a, end of a conference, and I, I'm not going to give you the deep and meaningfuls anymore. I've cut the sermon right back down, and I just said, Lord, what do you want, what do you want him to sort of leave with? And he's given me something to sort of encourage us with. Amen? Amen. A few years ago, all right, it's a bit of a lie. 20 years ago, it's a lot. I was actually in a kids' group called Ticklish All Sorts. I know. I had hair. It was a whole different world back then. Anyway, I was in this kids' group called Ticklish All Sorts, and we got nominated for an aria. Everyone go, ooh. Thank you. No, it's not that big. Don't worry. Anyway, when I ended up going to the arias, I stole this from it, borrowed it, borrowed it. I borrowed it from the 15th annual Arias just to prove that I actually went once, right? So I can say to the kids, honey, you know, kids, I actually went to the Arias once. We were nominated. And guess who won the nominations that year? The Wiggles. You probably heard of them. Yeah. Anyway, I remember going to the, uh, going to the Arias and I just felt like I didn't belong. You ever been in a situation like that? I walked into the joint. I was in my suit. I was 20 years age, just became a new Christian. And I walked in and all I was doing was I was like a little girl, like excited to see gorgeous guys, you know. And, and I was just kind of doing this all the time going, oh, I can't believe it. There's a Rove McManus. There's Home and Away stars. There's Neighbours people. And I was walking around and I felt like an alien in another world. And I felt like the barrier was there. And I was thinking, I actually belong on the other side. And somehow they didn't know and I just snuck in, Right? And what was happening was I ran out to the red carpet because I wanted to see who would rock up to this thing. 
So I went out to the red carpet, and I was in my suit, and I was doing, the, you know, the whole kind of, who's coming, who's coming? Uh, and all the stars were like, behave yourself, you know, being all too cool about it. And all I remember was I was looking down, I saw John Farnan come in, I saw Olivia Newton-John come in, I saw Sia come in, I saw Guy Sebastian come in, I saw all these stars, and, and I, was, I was asking for autographs and all this kind of stuff, and they were like, dude, you're on the wrong side, you know? And anyway, it was such a huge moment. 2,000 years ago in the Scriptures, in John, verse, 1 John 1-4, to the same kind of thing happened for the whole of the church back then, for the whole of society. There was this moment in history 2,000 years ago where God incarnate Himself, came to the earth, and He showed up in the flesh, and He made His guest appearance on the red carpet. And He came in, and everyone was like, wow. And it wasn't like what they thought it would be. He came as this baby. He came vulnerable. He came small. He came insignificant. And he enters into the world, and John, who's writing this text, he meets Jesus. He's hung out with Jesus. Amazingly, when I started to read the first four verses of this, I went, John, what are you talking about? If I'd met Jesus, I would be banging on about that for the whole thing. I'll be talking about how I touched him, how I was friends with him. I'll be saying, hey, did you know that John said I was the one that Jesus loved? That was, that was what he was known for. You heard that before? Imagine that. Imagine you go up to someone and go, who are you? I'm the one that Jesus loves. Jesus and me, we were best friends. You know what I mean? But listen to this. John has this moment, but he doesn't actually focus on that in this text, which is surprising. He focused on, on absolutely something different, which baffles me. And I want you to just lean in and try and catch what I'm trying to say right now. This is what he says. He goes, we write to you about the word of life. Remember, he just met Jesus. He's hung out with Jesus, which has existed from the very beginning. We have heard it. We have seen it. Yeah, we've seen it with our eyes. Yes, we have seen it. And our hands have touched it. When this life became visible, we saw it so we could speak of it and tell you about the eternal life which was with the Father and was made known to us. What we have seen and heard, we announce to you also so that you will join us in the fellowship that, there has, that, that we have the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ, we write this in order that our joy may be complete. I don't know about you, but does that make sense to you? I read it and I went, hang on a second. So you met Jesus, you touched Jesus, the inaudible voice was talking to you, and all of a sudden, that's how you introduce him? With nuances and images and metaphors? He doesn't even say Jesus. He says it. Who is it? It's Jesus. And he does say this line. He says, when this life became visible. What impacted John, the Apostle John, more than seeing God in the flesh was this. John saw life made visible. Catch that. He didn't say, yeah, I saw God made visible. I saw life. And John encountered this life for 33 years, you know, Jesus calls this guy into his life and he goes, 
I saw life right in front of my eyes, and it changed everything. I encountered that, and now I'm different. I think you might think that's a little underwhelming, Will. <laughs> when I read it, I was like, is that going to pop like I hope it will? I'm not sure, Lord. But let, me, let me make sense of this. In the first verse of this, it, it says something that you need to catch. But I want you to know today that it wasn't from belief to unbelief that caught John. It wasn't from you know, being irreligious becoming religious that caught John. It was this. This was the journey that John went on. It was becoming dead, was being dead and becoming alive. That's what impacted the Apostle John. Life made visible. In the first verse, it says this. We write to you about the word of life. Everyone say life. Life, which existed from the very beginning. Now, I don't know about you, but every time I hear the word life out there in the world, in the secular, everyone thinks they know what life is, but guess what? They don't know what life is about. Are you with me? When, when they say life, what do they mean? Existence. Getting by. Sometimes when we say life as Christians, we mean that too. Which is a little dangerous. Because what the life that John was talking about was life that transforms. Life that he encountered that changed him forever. Now, it's, what, I, what I find in this scripture, when it says word of life, I think it's like a, um, a linguistic challenge. You ever, you ever had a conversation with someone and you're like, you know, potato, potato, tomato, tomato. You say the same words, but you mean something different. Ever, ever had that happen? You know what I mean? I love you and I love you can mean very, very different things when you're, you're with someone. I love you could mean I like you. Anyway, John, when he uses this word life, I think the world is understanding life wrong. They're not catching what the life is really about. And I want to just clear that up for a second. It's as simple as this. Now, let me use an example. I was on a train once from, from Russia, and I was traveling to a place called Rostov-on-Don, right? And this is that linguistic problem where, where the words didn't quite match up. And I said to the lady on the train, she was like this babushka lady, a, a Russian lady. She was like, you know, what would you like for breakfast? That was, that was with the audio translation happening, right? She said it in Russian, and I was like, ah, okay, you know? And she was like, you know, what would you, what would you like for breakfast? And I said, um... I'd like eggs on toast, omelette, please. And she went, um, ah, 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 no. You know? I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Uh, and I was there with a bunch of actors, and so I said, to, I said to her, guys, watch this. I'll tell her what I mean. I was like, right? Right? I just wait for it. I did that, and you know what she did? She was like, Nasty. And everyone started cracking up laughing. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Okay, let me try it again. Oh, oh, oh. oh whoa, whoa, whoa. No, and then I went, oh, well, hang on. Everyone started giggling again. And then I went, well, hang on a second. It's more like this. She goes, da, da, oh, yeah. <laughs> Funny, awesome man. You know what I mean? Sort of thing. And she goes back out to the, uh, the room where she's cooking and stuff, and she comes back in uh, around two hours later. Can you see where this is going? 
two hours later. I'm sitting there. Everyone else has had their breakfast. They're having soup. They're having all this kind of weird Russian, you know, stuff. Uh, anyway, I'm sitting there. I'm starving. She comes out, and she's smiling like a Cheshire cat. Awesome boy. Be very happy. Oh. And she comes out, and she puts it down on the table, and I'm like, oh, man, nailed it. You know what I mean? It was a roast chicken. A full-on roast chicken with turnips and carrots. And I sat there and I just went, perfecto. (laughs) And I ate the whole thing and she was so happy. When, when, When Jesus says life and we say life, it means something absolutely polar opposites. Let me maybe put it like this. We have a false sense of reality. There are two types of ways that you can see this. There is a linear way of understanding life and death. You live a life, you die, and you hopefully go to heaven. But we actually live in a trans-dimensional reality, which is different. And this is the beautiful thing about being a Christian, right? Actually, we live life, and when you're a Christian, you go through the cross of Christ and through his resurrection, what happens is the thing that is linear, life, death, Afterlife becomes like this. Jesus, through his death, puts death behind you. All right? Now catch that. Catch that. Do you know how many Christians I know living with death in front of them? Too many. They're not living life, they're trapped. They're saying, oh, man, God doesn't love me, the promises, my identity. Man, they're, they're struggling. And this is, this is the reality, the word of life that God is talking about in this. He's saying, guys, you've got a word of life. This life is not the death. You've conquered death, friends. Death is behind you. Death is so yesterday. Death is 2016, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Amen? So when we live life, you know what happens? Mate, people see life in a whole new way because we're walking, we're walking dead. We're walking resurrected people. We live a life that people are looking at and going, wow, let's go to the second verse real quick. Let's catch this. We write to, we write to you this word of life which has existed. We've, we've seen it with our eyes. Yes, we've seen it and hands have touched it when this life became visible. When life becomes visible, you know why? Because life, you've conquered death, life becomes visible when you walk into a relationship with Jesus. You go through the cross and all of a sudden, everything the Father gave to the Son becomes yours. All of a sudden, you've got identity. All of a sudden, you're loved. All of a sudden, you're a child of God. All of a sudden, everything that Jesus has is yours. All the promises. There's so many promises that God wants to give you. If you would just go, oh man, Lord, I want them. Give them to me. You know what I'm saying? So here's my point. When you start, when you conquer death and you start walking around and you make life visible, do you know what happens? You stand out. You know when I look around the room? I see, man, you guys are like angels. <laughs> You're like so warm, so loving. I come up to, to, to who's here? Tom? Tom, I came up to Tom and I just said, Tom, you know when you, when you do your call to worships? There's something about you, man. You just make the whole room feel at ease. You stand out, Tom. 
You know when Laura sings, you saw her crying during the worship? That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a woman of God. Amen? She's crying. You know what she's crying? Because death is behind her. Life is in front of her. Let me give you some examples. I go, I go to, to colonnades every single day almost. I live down south with my little girl, Sienna. If you saw her, you would melt. Right? She's a, she's a heart stealer. She has me under the thumb. We go around to every store around there and everyone's like, oh, Sienna, good morning. Good morning, Sienna. Would you like some yogurt? Sienna, come inside and try some cream. And she kind of just wanders around and I just kind of follow her, right? Anyway, we, 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 go, we keep going to Boost Juice all the time. And we get there, and this hippie girl, she's working there. And after a while, she goes, she asked about Sienna. And I said, you know, Sienna's a miracle baby. I told her the story. You know, my wife and I went through IVF. Man, it was really crap. And all right, she, God's blessed us. And boom, we got this little girl. She's like, wow. Anyway, she goes, this hippie girl behind the counter looks at me and goes, oh, man, your aura is amazing. <laughs> right? And I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She goes, it's like blue and green. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm, I haven't always had that blue and green. You know, something happened in my life and blue and green came in. <laughs> right? Right? And she, and she standing there and she said, wow. Anyway, we, 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 we're walking around, you know, that's, that's there. I go down past in Dota Spa, and my little girl's in there every other day saying, she chooses people. She chose this girl behind the, the desk in Dota Spa. She walks in there, and every day we're in there for probably five minutes because Sienna wants to talk to her. Anyway, one day after she'd met Nick and I and Sienna, the girl behind the thing, this Yankee, Yankee lady, this U.S. girl, she just goes, oh, my God, you know, you and your wife and Sienna... You have this energy, energy. And I was like, again, I haven't always had that energy. But funny you ask. You know what I mean? Friends, you are the aroma of Christ. When we start to live life and start to walk into the shopping centers, go into the marketplace, go into workplaces, go into the schools... And we're the aroma of Christ. You know what happens? People go, what, what is that smell? Someone's in here that's got life on them. You know what I mean? I, I was at a video store once, and I still remember this lady walks by, and I just went like this. And her scent got me. She walked past the next person at the video store. I don't know if you ever go to video stores anymore. They even exist. Everyone's like, he's so old. And the next, she walks past behind the person, and the next person goes, oh. And then the next person, oh, you get the point? And all of a sudden, we're all at the counter lining up behind this lady. And I'm telling you, it, it is exactly how Christ was. I wanted to touch her robe. I was looking for healing. Yeah? And I'm sitting there, and, I, and, I, and anyway, she turns around, and she does this. Bill? Yeah. Anyway, she, had, she ends up knowing me. She was like my girlfriend's mum from when I was 16 or something, right? We had this big cracking conversation, and anyway, she leaves, and everyone goes, man, what are you doing? Did you even ask her what 
what scent she had on. And I was like, oh man, totally forgot. Do you know what scent that you've got on? Christ. Christ in you. And you know what? Those stories, they're not me. I encountered Jesus once, and every time I bump into someone, every time you leave this place and you go somewhere, they smell that aroma. They see that you're an ambassador. They taste and see that the Lord is good. And can I just say this? Like, like Don was saying this morning, it doesn't mean that life is happy clappy. Now, if you want to share your story, you need, you need to share vulnerable all your parts you don't want to share. You need to share the suffering. Hey, I, you know, I've, I've had that. I've been there, man. I think too often I see in churches this, you know, oh, yeah, no, no, never been sick. Never had financial issues, no. Yeah, never had trouble conceiving. No one's going to ask about your story. People want to know that you've been through it. You've been through the fire. And then you get to say, you know how I got through the fire? Mate, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Jesus. I wouldn't be here. Just keep going. I need, I need to keep. Next point. Real simple, real simple. Verse 3. What we have seen and heard, we announce to you also that you will join with us in the fellowship. Everyone say, join with us in the fellowship. What do you want your unchurched friends to do? Join with us in the fellowship. Amen. You know, do you know what that looks like? I'm spitting everywhere. You seen this? Do you know what join with us in the fellowship really means? It's a Trinitarian idea. Let, let, me, let me grab the language. That we have the Father and with the Son Jesus through the Spirit. Joining with us in the fellowship is this Greek term. It's this Greek term. It's really cool. It, 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 it's, it, it's this simple. It's called the perichoresis. Everyone say perichoresis. Now say it like you're a little bit excited. Perichoresis. Right, peri meaning circle, choresis meaning choreography, right? So when you want to explain, explain the Trinity, this is what you say. Friend, it's the perichoresis. It's the relationship, the dynamic love between the Father, Son, and Spirit that goes on and the church is invited to enter into it. And so what does it look like when you're living life that, makes, that becomes visible to people? It's when you're in the middle of the Father and the Son and the Spirit, and you live life, and it looks like a little bit of this. I don't even know the dance. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. D Doug, do you have some music you just put on? Everyone just stand up for a second. Dave, come up, come up here. This is perichoresis time. This is how you shine. And can I just listen out here? What you do is you invite people into your life and you say, hey man, you want to know how to live life? Come on, follow, follow. Yasu.
Thanks, Doug. All right. So I want you to catch this. In John, it says this. There are many rooms in my father's house, right? I'm going to just change that a little bit. There's heaps of room on the dance floor, friends. Heaps of room on the dance floor. And it doesn't look like this. It doesn't look all the sexiest people in the room dancing all, all proper. That's how sex people dance. It looks more like this. We're all in hospital gowns with limps and twitches. And we've got funny laughs. <laughs> you know, and we, and we do weird things. And people see us in our churches in this perichoresis and they go, man, what is going on over there? They're weird, but I like them. I want to get some life like they have life. Amen? Real simple. All right, last point. We write this in order that our joy may be complete. Say, our joy may be complete. Say, our joy may be complete. Do you know how your joy is going to be complete? I'll tell you how mine. When, when Jesus, when, when someone, Jesus uses me for my mum to encounter Jesus. When Jesus uses me to encounter my sister who don't know Jesus. You're telling me they, live, they, they have life. I don't see them live life. I see them struggle, man. And so, sure, we struggle too, but it's different. I got so many close friends, so many unchurched friends that don't know life. And until that breaks your heart, we won't see Adelaide go on fire. We won't see Ignite start fires. You know why? Because we're too busy dancing over here by ourselves at church. Woo! Dun, 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 dun. But really, you need to take that out into the marketplace. And you're going to be doing that. You go on, Imagine going into the, to the, the, um, the office room at... Dun, 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 dun. Are you all right? Man, I'm just enjoying life. You want a piece? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Stand up. Let's have the band come. Stand up. <clears throat> Friends, really simple, really simple message. What's God calling us to do as the church? Make life visible. Live. Man, if you understand who you are in God, that's going to change you, man. You're going to go, go into places and everyone's going to ask questions of you. Man, they have gone through some suffering. They have gone through some highs. They have gone through some lows. And look at them. How do they do that? Through the love of Jesus. Love is what motivates us. Love's at the center of it. You know what is at the center of mission? Evangelism. Right at the center of our mission that we're called to is this God who is, who is seeking every single person in the world and He's chasing them and He's chasing them and they say, no. And then He chases them and He chases them and He pursues them and He, he just, He's unrelentless as a lover to them. And the world keeps going, no. And one day, he's going to use you as you live life, and they're going to turn around, and through you, he's going to use you. You're going to lead people to Christ. I always say, each one reach one. Say that. Each one reach one. That's what's going to do. We always think it's going to happen by the platform up the front, an attractional church. Cool. We want that too. But what, we, what I would love to see is every single person Somewhere in their life, leading one or two people to Christ, we'll see, that, we'll see Australia, Adelaide transformed. Amen? Let me pray for you, then we're going to sing. 
Father God, we give you thanks and praise. We give you thanks and praise that you are the God who gives us life. Lord, you've, we've encountered you already. We've been transformed by you. We see you, Father, and we know you're for us. We love you, Jesus, and we know you've walked with us. We know, Holy Spirit, that you're inside of us. Lord, we, we just ask, Lord, would you use us to encounter people? Let us be your hands and feet. I pray right now for all those people that, uh, that are out here right now with friends that are coming. Names are coming to mind right now. Lord, I pray that those names would come to mind and straight away, they can't wait to dance life with them. That people will be drawn into the perichoresis dance of the Father, Son, and Spirit. Lord, turn on the church. Light a fire in us. Make this a movement of love and transformation. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Amen.